Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by RPAL Gary at Partscaster Concierge. Gary offers custom designed Partscaster style builds and bodies catering to upscale DIY builders. Concierge services are included with every project to ensure every build is perfectly tailored. Gary can assist with design concepts, electronic configurations, hardware selections, and everything in between. Now, every DIY builder is working at a different knowledge or skill level, so Gary offers these services on an as-needed basis, so he can be as involved in your build as you need him to be with help sourcing parts or even advice during your finishing or assembly phases. Gary offers flat top, contoured or edge routed bodies for bolt on necks, as well as custom pick guards, necks, pre setups and other parts and services through builders and guitar techs within Gary's ever growing network. So if you're on the hunt for a sick custom parts caster project, check out at Partscaster Concierge on social media or partscasterconcierge.com. smokes we're two fine blokes and it's time for another sweet episode of the culture guitarist you actually liked that one didn't you with a mouthful of cookie yeah (laughs) classy Uh, (laughs) my name is harmonical and with me is klezmar casper a what klezmar what the heck is music okay uh and we have with us somebody i'm super stoked to have on the show Musically delicious. <laughs> Meredith Coloma. Hello. Coloma Guitars. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I, I hope you like your stupid nickname. <laughs> it's great. It's musically delicious. Some of some of yeah. <laughs> I realized that if I just said it like musically delicious, it could sound creepy. So I mm. had to make sure I had Well the, yeah, you gotta add the like. No, it's gotta have the leprechaun. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. I get it. I vibe with it. I love it. Excellent. Oh, Meredith, I gotta say, um I had to resist saying all this pre show chat because <laughs> I it happens all the time. We have we have a great pre show chat and we get just jibber jabbering away with our guest and then we talk about half the stuff we should talk about on air mm-hmm. or the show <laughs> just because we're having a great chat so i had to resist but i'm so excited to have you on you're, you're somebody i've wanted to have on since the show's inception um Sweet. and then you were kind good of on word, a social Al. media hiatus for a while good word i, yes. give, I give excellent <laughs> english <laughs> um and uh i'm glad you're back and i'm glad thank you I'm glad you're on the show. I'm really, really excited to have you here. I'm so happy that I get to chat with you too. This is this is awesome. Well, we just got started. Wait to you know pass <laughs> yeah. judgment till the end. <laughs> we'll wait until we've rabbit trailed and interrupted mm-hmm. you eighty times. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I mean, let's 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 not let's not delay. Let's fire it off, Casper. Uh, you know, you know, we started with you last time, uh, Meredith. We'll start with you. What have you been up to this week, music and or guitar related? Maybe not work related, um, but you know. <laughs> I think right now my whole life is work related. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I'm crazy busy, so I I feel like I should probably set some time aside to actually play the instruments that I love so dearly and spend my time making and fixing. Um, but music related. 
I've been listening to a lot of R&B randomly. I'm not like a pop person, but I've been really into um, kind of like the top pop 100 charts. I never list. I used to work for, uh, I was a songwriter for pop music before I became a builder. And I just kind of swore off pop music. And now I'm kind of back into listening into something that I swore off for a very long time. <laughs> I, that's interesting. I, I've never gotten along too well with uh, like, top 40 music oh um, i yeah i never was into it but there's some artists that their voices are delightful mm-hmm. and the lyrics are atrocious but i'm really into you know some some of the yeah, vocals that's uh, yeah. I'm, I'm famous for going on on those typical like hipster hipster douchebag rants and pop music. <laughs> and then my wife will call me out like, you're a Coldplay fan, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> They're different somehow. I, everybody calls me a music snob, but it's really like, I don't, when I'm working in the shop, I don't listen to music at all because there's so much going on in my head. But everybody else will come in, either do a lesson or um, are working in the oh. shop. And they're like, can we play some tunes? <laughs> I'm so happy to hear you say that. I tour and 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 drive in near silence most of the time, uh, and same when I'm driving around with my wife. Drives her nuts because I I've got music in my head all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm yep. cruising to my own beats. Yeah, man. <laughs> and she's like, "It's too quiet. I'm putting something on." I'm like, "You're interrupting what I've got going." This on. is my creative thing. <laughs> I have a whole world in my head. Yeah. You yeah. you don't understand. Yeah. Oh man, I'm, I'm so. Feel so seen right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only person who does this. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. work has been the week then. Yeah, work is the week. All right. Well, but, Casper, what about you, man? I, I'm. It's hard to say this because yeah, we're, I I actually figured out some stuff. Okay, so it's all so, good. So just to fill, fill our dear listeners in, we're actually recording. This is the second episode we've done today, today. which is something we've never done before. Yeah. So we're sitting here like Casper and I, just like. What have we been up to this week? Yeah. An hour different. From- yeah. If if you tune in last week, you'll hear us talk about it there that we're on step one of two. And now this is two of two. So <laughs> yeah. welcome back. Um, and uh, instead of uh, Grez guitars, we now have Coloma guitars. So uh, this week for me, I uh, binge watched um, The Beatles Get Back. Mm. And I found that documentary to be insanely informative and really, really enjoyable to watch. Mm. Um, they're like to hear, I'm not trying not to spoil anything. If anybody's going to, obviously people are going to watch it cause it's really good. Spoiler. John Lennon dies in the end. Hey, yeah, <laughs> come on. And it has nothing to do with that. Um, <laughs> Sorry. so the c- cool thing about it is like, there's a lot of like classic Beatles tunes that we all know. And like, and I've and a bunch of these songs that they were hashing out, literally writing them on the fly, like in on film are also are some of my favorites, you know, like they're playing the riffs that we know to be these songs, but they don't even know what they are yet. You know, like they don't have words. They just have like instrumental pieces and melodies in their heads. And, you know, to see, you know, to see Paul playing the piano, he doesn't even know the words to let it be yet, but he's playing it and humming it. And he's got these, these ideas that he's hashing out, it's totally different than the process I used to write songs. Like when I'm writing, I'm, I'm like, I have two totally separate versions of what I'm doing. There's the words and the, and the, 
the poetry, like I write poetry on its own, and then I will noodle around until I find a musical piece that I enjoy or that I can kind of hash out, and then I will go to my poetry, all my big my book of, of lyrics, and find the concepts and the things that fit together with that particular piece of music. So to see them literally not even know the words yet, but already have all their melodies and everything working out and, and, and working at like, like live on camera. It was just an amazing thing to see. Um, really enjoyable. So if you get a chance, if anybody, I cannot recommend that enough. I literally binge watched it all at once and it was like six and a half hours. Yeah. It was very long. I, I watched a bit of it. Did you find that it was a little distracting? Cause they did the AI like post, like, like the composition. If you look, watch the guitars, mm. sometimes the strings disappear. <laughs> no, I have I would get so, super distracted. I, I think a part of that is because the film quality was only 16 millimeter film and they brought oh, it, they sense. brought it up into 1080. So like they had to like do a lot of work to the actual film to make it a, a presentable piece of, of film for us to watch. Oh, totally. I was so like, I think that's like probably the faking what of the moon landing all over again. Are they going to be like, do the Beatles exist? <laughs> Is that a real guitar? It's, it's funny. Cause you know, like I, I Easily 90% of my social media these days is music related. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, via the, my artist page or the, you know, the culture guitarist stuff. Um, so, it, you know, since that documentary was released, <laughs> that, that has been like dominating the conversation mm-hmm. uh, in my online. Per- have you watched any of it? I haven't watched it yet. I, so I have, I have unresolved issues with the Beatles. I, I love the Beatles as artists. Their music is incredible. I read uh, The Lives of John Lennon by, I can't remember the guy's first name, Goldstein, I think it was his last name, uh, did a biography of John Lennon, a uh, very famous famous one, I'm gonna and it's a huge up. tome of a book. It's called The Lives? The Lives of John Lennon. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, getting to see behind the curtain of John Lennon as a person <laughs> ruined yeah. him. Ruined him for me, because... I, and this is just my opinion here, folks. Uh, Albert Goldman. Albert Goldman. That's thank you. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna judge anybody. You form your own opinions, obviously. Uh, please don't judge the show based on my personal opinion here. But John Lennon was a horrible person, and I found it really hard to enjoy anything he did after reading an in-depth biography on him. Um, he was just so abusive to women. Um, he was so neglectful and traumatizing to his kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a hard time and it made it hard to enjoy the Beatles as a result yeah. of any of his solo music and stuff. And so this documentary came out and, and it's supposed to be really great. And I'm, and so I'm having to confront the, like, get over my John Lennon Beatles stuff to try and get into it. And I, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it, go, totally going into it, and I think going into it, um, with that, I'm not going to call it a bias, but with that opinion and with that, I don't think this document is going to resolve that for you. Mm. Like it it's won't. not, it's not going to undo that. Um, you know, there's some, there's some really like odd and, and, and interesting like psychological things going on that you can see playing out in body language and demeanor yeah. and between all of them, not just, not just John, but like, you know, and, but you can just read their, you know, their emotions very clearly, you know, as they're trying to work. But I mean, you got to think about, for me, it's like, 
these guys are coming into now like better part of a decade of like hardcore fan hounding. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. And they don't even want to be like, they don't even want to actually go play a live show where, well, they there's, where there's they people. Just, they just didn't anymore. Right? They, like, yeah. And like, and it, it just, it was a whole bunch of really insightful, interesting tidbits. I, I, I think I, I will watch it. Uh, I think, and I think you'll actually enjoy it. I probably will. Um, I love music documentaries. Generally, I find them really interesting, somewhat depressing because like there's always a part of me that's like watches a, a music documentary in general, the, you know, all the best music documentaries are about huge artists. And yeah. so, so there's always like that, de- like jealous depression in the back of my head going, well, your career didn't pan out compared to this. <laughs> it's, like, it's just such a like oh, tortured the artist. Of jealousy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll watch it. I'll probably like it. Yeah. They were a great band at heart, and and the fact is, watching a behind the scenes documentary about a great band is always going to be a cool experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't really have to like the people, and I I'm personally not a Beatles fan. Like I like some songs, but not. I think like while my guitar gently is it weeps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. That that song I listened to as a kid like so much, but everything else I heard so much growing up that I was so tired of the Beatles I by the time I was so old enough. On that. Yeah. I can't like, stand. I, I was Beatles fatigued, and it like irks me to listen to it. But <laughs> I love seeing the dynamics because you knew they were rich, rich at that time. Oh yeah. Like someone was like, "Oh, I saw a tie in a magazine. I I really liked it." Ten minutes later in the video. He's wearing this tie. Yeah. <laughs> so like and some, he, and some pleb ran out. <laughs> he, some plebs, I was going to say, some, some pleb ran out and bought him two or three of those things from the shop on this thing that he saw in the bought. News. I mean, right. they were the Beatles. Yeah. Some pleb ran to a phone and called the company and they sent them 10 <laughs> ties. It, it could yeah. be. You know, it's just, I mean, I mean they're all walking around like, in like full fur coats, r- arriving to Apple Corp Studio in Bentleys. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you, ever, you ever read the story, like the, the interviews with like people at Fender at the time when, uh, when they sent the Beatles all those instruments, like they, the Beatles didn't pay for anything. <laughs> yeah. They were just like, if we get a guitar in the hands of George Harrison, we're going to sell a lot of Telecasters. You know what's crazy? Right. The documentary kind of shows a lot of, a, a lot. I, I actually was really interested in the guitars that George was playing, you know, because John mm-hmm. basically plays that Sheraton, like that Epiphone. Yeah. Uh, casino. Casino. So he plays this, the Dog Ear P90 Casino. And that was it. Like, he really didn't play a whole lot of other I think there was, like, a... a you know, Rickenbacker, that yeah, I don't, he, I don't know if he ever saw using. it. I don't think he ever saw it in the documentary, but he no, did. No, but I get he, back, he, he was play it in the documentary. There might have been, yeah. like, a Jag bass or something that he played, too. Like, a weird multi-switch mm-hmm. 70s Jaguar bass. Yep. And then... But George went... Th- like, he, like, prominently played the telly, um, his Les Paul... And there was a, like a funky Technicolor Strat. Yep. Uh, yep strat. But, but it was like, I mean, I don't really follow all that stuff from those days. Like those oh, guys, man. it was just neat to watch There's so many him great cycle through. And then the guitars they used. And then I'm listening to the documentary as I'm watching and I'm going, oh yeah. Oh, wait a minute. This song that I know and have, and have literally like, you say you were, you were Beatle fatigued. I did that to myself. I loved the yeah. Beatles growing up. Like the very first box set album I ever bought was a Beatles tape cassette box set. Like, so I was a huge Beatles fan and I wore them out, but going back and now I, you know, from when I was, you know, 10 and 12 years old listening to the Beatles to today, all of these songs are super nostalgic, just 
fell right back into him. Love him. Could still sing him. Like just uh, loved I, all that music. I'm, I think I'm permanently fatigued on. I was never super fanatical, yeah. and then the Beatles fatigue was strong early. Yeah. My yeah. wife is a fanatic for for the Beatles, so it's not helping. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, like it was it was it was crazy when I was a kid. I was like, I think I said something. I was on a school bus or something, and then like I was maybe ten or twelve, and I'm like, I had my Sony Walkman, like the yellow sports Walkman with like the latch over lid and all this. Anyways, I'm listening to the Beatles on tape on the bus, and somebody's like, "What are you listening to?" And I'm like, "The Beatles." They're like, "What?" And they like totally shunned me for listening to the Beatles. Because it wasn't new and it wasn't the thing that everybody was listening to, you know, it wasn't, you know, whatever Our Lady piece or whatever. I am um, with you, Meredith, though. Like, uh, while my guitar gently weeps, the like Harrison Beatles, I do enjoy more. Great, great song, great yep. song. I'll listen to that song, but that's like the one that I I love <laughs> yeah. and can still listen to. But Same. everything else, it's just like I get into my my. Uh, my sister's husband's car and it's like really like music has evolved since then there are other things that have happened <laughs> i i have like i can't stand blackbird i was just oh, i'm really? just i'm just learning how to play it i'm teaching I, myself yeah, how to play it everybody with an acoustic does that and it drives me batty it's a it's an yeah. intricate sonic piece man i enjoy it I because <laughs> I, you, don't, you don't you don't have to you don't have to like people- it always play in a guitar shop it's like that whole like stairway to heaven blackbird um what else i don't know Uh, fast car by tracy chapman people always play that um yeah yeah bad open mic night covers (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah and and guitar shops and yeah i worked in uh, a guitar shop that became long mcquade i was there for five or six years and and yeah that and Seven Nation Army and a few others just like, oh, my goodness. stop playing those, please. It's so funny. Yeah. None, um, of, none of those songs that any, either of you just said, do I know how to play? <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. Well, it's, it's, I don't know. I just, I'm good. With, and yeah, even when I hear Blackbird, I'm just like, yes, you're really deep. Let's move on. Uh, yeah. That's that's what that song brings up for me. I just can't, <laughs> I just can't do it. You I'm, like music, don't you? I do. Okay, just check I can admit it's hooky, it's well written, all that. So I don't, I just don't ever want to hear it. No. Like most Mariah Carey songs, they're hooky, they're well written, they're produced out the yin yang. I never want to hear one of them. I'd rather be slapped <laughs> full on in the face. God, let me know <laughs> next time. Will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what have you been up to, guitar uh, and or music related, well, this week in since the last hour? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I shared last episode that I, uh, through some some convoluted efforts, I acquired a robot guitar mm-hmm. that I will Ooh. be uh, I will be repairing one of the machine heads on and and uh, then passing it on to a new owner for a modest but fair profit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I you know looking forward to the challenge of I don't know if there's going to be much of a challenge. I've never changed machine heads on a robot. SG before. I have a feeling it's going to be you take one off and put a new one on and it's going to work. I Yeah, I, pretty, I think so too. Pretty straightforward. And then throw those robotic machine heads in the trash. Um, okay, wait, we should get into this debate because okay. I am uh, absolutely <laughs> in Meredith's camp here. Listen, this is not a guitar I'm intending to keep. So if it were if it were for myself. So rescue the next owner from <sighs> it. Okay. I, I think there's like there's a drawer in both my shop and my Rufus restoration shop and it's just full of robot guitar tuners. I well, full of them. I should have talked to you before I ordered the new one from Chronicle <laughs> then. But anyways, this isn't for me to keep. 
And what I've noticed, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing a hunch here, and I'm going to share my hunch for the world. Again. Yes. Hunch Again. away. Uh, robot guitars were universally hated. <laughs> yes. They're, they're all scooped up and gone now. And most of them, I'm going to easily say the majority of them, like have been de-robotified. 80, 80 to 90% probably. Mm -hmm. Who knows what the number is? In the Gen yeah. 1's probably quite high. Um, now, what it seems to be when I look around is that no one is selling these things. Wherever they all went, they stayed there. That's true. It's probably because no one, everyone's too embarrassed <laughs> to try to sell one. Stop. <laughs> stop, rabbit. <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> you turkey. Um, I, cause you, I can find SG specials for sale all over the place. Mm -hmm. The satin mm -hmm. ones like yours or yep. the, the full gloss ones like th this one is. I can find Les Paul specials. Yep. What I cannot find is a single in Canada robot SG for sale. I can find that's because people rip them out and then just put regular Clusen tuners in, and then it never existed. <laughs> True. Well, that could be part of it. <laughs> so I'm wondering if the people, because there are people that like the robot thing, that whether we want to admit it or not, there were people that thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I found a couple for sale in the States and a couple in Japan commanding crazy high prices, or at least people asking crazy high prices compared to their non-robot counterparts. Yeah. Um, to the tune of eight to $900 more than a SG special the same year. Whoa. So I've got this thing. I'm going to put it back to full robot. I'm not going to ask eight to $900 more than an SG special the same year. Cause that's, kind of piracy in my mind yeah. <laughs> i don't know i feel like if you can do it and other people are doing it why not well fair enough i i i, I don't know i just have this like internal thing that's like don't charge that much charge this much and and yeah i can Be make a fair i can make a decent profit with uh, without having to, to go that high with this thing so that's what I'm yeah. going to try and do. And then, so, and I've noticed in the past that, because you've got done a couple of, a couple of flips. Yes. Recently in the, that one, uh, that one Strat that you flipped. Yeah. You know, you, you bought it for a, a, a good price and, and sold it for a really reasonable price. And the guy, the next guy was trying to gouge. He tried to pirate. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was like, oh yeah, no, what? there it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. So generally what I look for when I'm buying gear for the flipping purposes is I'll look for something that's a great buy. Just somebody selling something, they're asking price is great, and I'll just buy it at their price. I won't try and yeah. save. Haggle, yeah. Yeah. And then I'll go and sell it for a fair price market value and mm -hmm. just make that little bit of money. Yeah. And that's what this thing is. I'm in it for a very, not a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even with the replacement parts, I'm going to put on it, the tuner, and the, I bought an extra battery pack with it, although that was totally unnecessary, the battery pack, and it's great. Mm. <laughs> um, and I'm going to sell it to, I'm going to hope, I'm hoping to sell it for a fair price that makes me some money to somebody who actually likes the robot thing, which is not me, not my thing. Yeah. Um, and that'll be that. Yeah. My worst case scenario is I sell it and break even, or... Which would be easy to do. Yeah. At the price that you bought it for, so. Yeah. Or I could de-robot it and sell it for the same price as a regular 2008 SG Special and still slightly more than break even, so. Yeah. 
and then sell the can you sell the tuners yeah, you <laughs> can. I actually, just before i showed up to the podcast studio today i found somebody on reverb uh same situation as you who just looked in one of their parts stores and was like oh it's all this robot stuff selling uh like yeah. four or three or four full complete setups. gen 2 robot kits <laughs> oh, uh, for like 150 bucks or something <laughs> so I could never get them to intonate, like the the B and the G. Yeah, there's, they would uh, tune fine, but they would never they would never be correct. That's the but maybe I don't know whether that was Gen One or Two. I just know that I have a large parts bucket. <laughs> well, honestly, I'm and so this dealing talking to Tronicle and getting the spare parts kind of got me going. You know, because I so I had to look at their web page. And I, and it's like oh they make kits for strats and for all, all sorts of other guitars and so now my my the stupid wacky loving guitar half of my brain is going it'd be fun to robot something silly a sitar yeah just <laughs> slap it <laughs> like yeah I'm gonna robot my ukulele G four hundred for no reason <laughs> just, I told you if you do that you can't keep it here <laughs> yeah. I have an oud I would like yeah, to robot, robot my oud. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's uh, we. I, this is a lot more conversation about robot guitars. <laughs> Again, episodes of this show than robot guitars deserve. <laughs> I don't know. I have one more comment about this. My dream <laughs> guitar that I want to build is uh, it will be part robot because I want to do like what I call the Seven Eleven special, and I want there to be like a pocket where you put your nacho cheese and that warms you know and then there's like a spinning motor with a little flame it could be anything like a, a lighter that lights and then it like you know roast your hot dog for you i think, I think, this, I think the 7-eleven special would be a hit I, <laughs> your big gulp holder I, everything. I, that's a whole different animal than a robot sg yeah. <laughs> that's a convenience sg that is a convenience sg my warm jalapeno nacho sauce. Can you imagine the gunk on your guitar, though? No, it'd be um, no, it'd be interesting. <laughs> I, I, oh, I, it would, it would not be playable after like one, one serving. <laughs> <laughs> nacho tone. Just be <laughs> nacho tone. Oh, oh no! Oh, you sure you don't have kids? Because that was a dad joke. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So let's. Enough about robot crap. Yep. Let's All let's right. get into it. Get into the the meat of it, the heart of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so um, where where do we start, Casper? How do we do podcasts? Podcast? Exactly? We're on a podcast. Yeah, I'm. My brain is. Yeah. Um, losing cylinders over here. So let's backtrack the timer and go to how did Coloma guitars become Coloma guitars. How did you get your oh start as as the brand or 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 working on and repairing and building guitars? The origin story. Yeah. Oh, the origin story that that goes back over 14, 15 years ago. Um, I was a musician. I, I'm an Irish fiddle champion, funnily enough. Oh my God! Seriously. Um, yeah. Also an archer, like a champion archer. But um, that's another story. That's a story for another day. <laughs> but uh, I, I did Irish Sligo style fiddle and I toured and played for Irish dancing competitions. And then I started touring and playing with um, 
some some Irish greats like Jerry O'Connor and then went into the Irish Rovers and the Chieftains. Uh, so I was very young playing with these old kind of old people groups. I wasn't that cool. <laughs> <laughs> and but I met a lot of people being young and professional. I would rather get paid and miss school than go to school and not be on the road. So I did that for a while. But also, but also stay in school, kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah stay in school. Eh, you know, it's worked out for me. <laughs> That's the message, yes. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but that was just my choice at the time. And my mom was very supportive. She said, you know, if you're this is your career, then go for it. This is an opportunity that not many people get. Um, so I was the weird kid. I sat in my room for eight hours and played fiddle all day. Um. I so yeah, this, I got all by these. The way. <laughs> I got all these opportunities to play, and then went on tour, and slowly it got cooler into like you know pop music or heavy metal, and I was playing with a bunch of bands. Um, and then it got to the point where I was touring all the time and away from my family, and I kind of missed it. But I was also underage and touring like in, in the states. So when I would play with a band and say it was at a bar, um. I would do the gig and then I'd be rushed out into the van and like driven to the super eight motel. And I just chill <laughs> all by myself. So, um, I'd kind of fix and tinker with guitars. Then like I, there was a, a bass that broke my nose and then I may have pushed the, the bass player and broke their headstock and I had to fix it for the next gig. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I went, you know, went to the hardware store. I had a lot of time on my hands and other people were, we're doing stuff and I was super young would get some epoxy and kind of put things back together out of necessity. Cause there were no repair techs, you know, in what put in Bay, Ohio. So, uh, that I did for a while. And then I got tired of touring and I thought I would be a, um, an actor. I went to Lee Strasberg in New York, um, and hated that. But on the way home from my, um, school in union square i walked by this violin maker every single day and that was kind of the highlight i was like okay i'll make my way through school i'll sit here i'll be the orange you know (laughs) feel feel what it's like being an orange in this one class method acting class for eight hours and then i'd run over to the shop on the way home and i'd play the violins and i got to know the guy and one day he just kind of slipped this piece of paper we didn't speak the same language he spoke yiddish um, and I speak Spanish and English, so we had a hard time communicating. But um, he just gave me this pamphlet that showed all these violin-making schools and guitar-making schools. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I went to um, a building school and was supposed to do a year course, but I didn't. I was building these instruments in the school, and I was finding that they weren't the tone that I wanted. And there was one thing where it's like, you know, you're handed a PDF of a guitar and nobody explains what tone is. I didn't know what tone was. I didn't know what I was trying to get from the instrument. Um, I was doing exact to spec of this, you know, Martin PDF, but it wasn't sounding like as a musician I wanted it to be. So um, I kind of went back to my touring roots. I was four months in the program at this time, and I was a huge fan of Roger Sadowski. I had played his acoustics in New York, and I thought they were brilliant. And he also made these basses that half the people I toured with were playing. Um, The one thing about Sadowski was you bring one bass to the gig or to the session rather than 
you know, your jazz bass and your P bass. It's yeah, the preamp yeah. and everything is all in all in one. So it's legendary um, for a reason. Yeah, exactly. So I was sitting at the school and I had built all these instruments and I was like, this, this is not what I want. I don't, I don't know what I want, but I know that this is not it. <laughs> so I emailed him on my, I think it was like my very first email, which was like Spudnik underscore five. <laughs> and, and Spudnik spelled S-P-U-D-D. <laughs> um, Amazing. I was like, hey, I'm Meredith. I'm 17 years old. I build guitars. And I build them, but I don't like how they sound. If I'm in New York, can I, you know, show you them? And could you give me some pointers? He emailed me back like, the same night, maybe 20 minutes later, he's like, if you're ever in New York again, why don't you come by? So I booked a flight <laughs> that <laughs> night and I was there at 7 a.m. the next morning. So, Smart. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I knocked on the door and he opened the door and was like, mm, Meredith, yeah, come in. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I started the next day at his shop as his apprentice and I was there for a couple of years building basses and guitars. I did fret work for nine months straight. I didn't know I was allowed to like ask if I could be, be put at another, another place. Um, so he's <laughs> like, okay, everybody hates this job. You're going to do it. And I was like, okay. So I started doing fret work and um, I didn't complain. I just did what I was asked to do. And then nine months later he came and he's like, you know, nobody's lasted longer than like two months in this position. Do you want to do something else? <laughs> but I was just happy. I was in the shop where there's, you know, Keith Richards walking through the door and you have the basis from the roots and, you know, Will Lee. There are so many legendary artists just coming in, you know, having a cup of tea, chatting guitars. And I'm in the corner going, holy crap, these are legends. <laughs> Legendary artists mm-hmm. like uh, cool Lutheran shops too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was it was really neat, um, and it's kind of being a fly on the wall. Like as an apprentice, you don't really you just do what you're told and hog away and sweep the shop and make sure it's clean and sand. But it's just being a fly on the wall when people are jamming out or just coming to pop by and playing an instrument and seeing what's important to different artists is really really key to how I kind of build now. It's like, um, I got to know, you know, famous bass players setups and I got to set up certain guitars for a lot of legendary jazz artists. Um, so it was really, really good. Um, just in terms of kind of peeking into the hierarchy of, of musicians in New York. And I loved my time there, but then I got deported. Um, they don't really like us Hispanics in, in the States. So, so I got sent back to Vancouver. Um, I overstayed. I didn't want to overstay my visa. So um, I came back to Vancouver and I was like, I've done basses and electric guitars enough. So I stalked Michael Dunn, who's a gypsy jazz builder, as I love Django Reinhardt. I love um, like the gypsy jazz violin Steven something, I'm losing the name now. Um, but yeah, I kind of stalked Michael Dunn. He said no like four times to me apprenticing. And then <laughs> he said he kept going to concerts and people would be like, oh yeah, Meredith Paloma was talking about you. And he's like, oh, this Meredith, you know, I keep hearing about her. She's just haunting me. I just 
you know, played with all these musicians and talked to all these musicians and all he was hearing was my name. So he called me up about six months after I dropped by his shop and was like, you know what? I think I'm going to have to take you. Otherwise you're going to annoy me for life. And I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> probably the best call. So I worked with him until 2011, building a lot of 2011, 2012, building a lot of guitars. And yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, I don't know, like 2013 is when I started Coloma Guitars, and I built strictly acoustic instruments, which now I don't build any acoustic instruments. I only build electric guitars. So, um, you still have some, uh, some, some of those acoustics have been, uh, internet famous enough that they, uh, they have lasted, uh, online despite you not building acoustics for a few years now. <laughs> it's your, super your cityscape weird. guitar in particular, I would. Oh yeah. The cityscape one that was for Tyson. I actually have that one back in my shop. It was in a flood. So we were building him another. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, he his his recording studio got flooded, and I know I know worked. what that's like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my cat's trying to get me here. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Would that be Spinelli. That's Morty. Oh, Morty is. Yeah, he he tries to sit on my shoulder. But um, yeah, I don't know what's what's interesting to you. I kind of <laughs> been building for so long that. <laughs> <laughs> like then that's, I did this, then I did this. It's not oh, about. Uh, way, I, I mean, all of that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, first off, <laughs> your teen and twenties were spent a lot more productively than mine <laughs> or mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about what I was doing in my teens and twenties, but uh, <laughs> there were definitely some times I spent eight hours alone in my room, but I wasn't being creative or learning anything <laughs> valuable. Yeah, <laughs> Unless, I think. Golden Eye 64 counts as creative, valuable time. <laughs> oh my goodness, the 007. Yeah. I could get through that, go get through that with a knife at one point. I played it so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Oh, respect, Meredith. Respect. No, it's it's yeah, not about what we find interesting. Well, really, what what I mean, we're a pretty unscripted show. What we're all we're ever trying to do is just kind of let you know have a great conversation with you. Yeah. But let our listeners kind of get to know your story, get to know why you're sure. awesome. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like people think I'm cooler than I actually am. It's like I sit in the shop. I make the things. People send me their vintage instruments. I fix the instruments. And then all this stuff happens on the interwebs and I'm still in said shop or bunker. <laughs> so it's kind <laughs> of like this weird world goes around like, throwing my name around, but I'm really not as interesting as people think. Mm, I, I, I disagree. I, I think what people do, <laughs> I, th I think what people do shows how interesting they are. And if you weren't doing interesting things, people would not be interested in you. Yeah. I think uh, Kelsey from Guitar Connoisseur messaged me the other day and he's like, Hey, I think we should probably do an article on you. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. He's like, I think I wanted to do one two years ago, but then you never answered any messages. I'm like, oh, right, right. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> and my, my apprentices at the shop were like, what? I hope you said yes. <laughs> I'm so nervous about my name out there sometimes. Yeah, you know, that's not uncommon. I, I <laughs> as, as we were talking about with, uh, with Fox, from uh, Fox Fletcher from Mallory Guitars, 
Yeah. Um, most luthiers aren't in the luthery business to become famous or have attention on them all the time. They're just people who want to create something. Yeah, and doing something yeah. you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't think you're alone in, in, in feeling that way. But uh, like I'm a professional tinkerer. You know, that's I I find it funny when people are like, oh, explain, explain why you chose to go into this. Because I'm a hermit. <laughs> that's good enough reason for yeah me. that's a great reason I'm, I find myself doing a lot of things because I enjoy being alone yeah. I, I like yeah. I like doing I like working on guitars I like building guitars it's just I don't know it's therapeutic that's, it's meditative isn't it when it you're, is yeah like even wiring which sometimes blows my brain but um like sitting there and solving a problem. It's like, you forget about the world. You forget that everything's going outside or oops, sorry. My, I'll try and clean up my language. Oh, that's why. <laughs> There's one beep. There's one beep. That's why yeah. I have a, I have a text message going back and forth. Oh, awesome. With timestamps. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, you can write these in a note instead of sending me a text every time somebody on the show swears. Um, <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That could have very closely been another curse. <laughs> uh, I we we've sworn deliberately. Yep. I've I've let a, a few swears out deliberately for the yep. funniness of it. Yeah. Whatever, you got to be you. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, was it James Mackey from Lauren Audio held the record takes, for a long time. for a long time. Takes the cake really, really. and, and, and uh, the, 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 Demidash took it. Yeah, and then well, I, 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 I got to say about about James is he went like the the full <laughs> I call it the full Mackey because it was like a beep 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 string. It was <laughs> like, just great. Like bad habit by the Offspring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, and then, then Steve Steve got it, and now I think Sean Sean at Lollygagger yeah. holds it. I've never edited so many curse words out of an episode before and ever. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sean, Sean's one of our favorite people. Yeah. Well, he, was, we just get chatting because we talk all the time, and it's like we're just talking. And it which I think is why he yeah, swore so much. Yeah, he just yeah. totally got into just a normal conversation yeah. with us. Totally didn't think about the fact we're still recording. Recording on the show, yeah. This is, this is fun. When people are too at ease. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happens. That's fine. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's its own blessing right there when you're that at ease doing, uh, being on air. So, yeah. All the guys in my shop, I have a shop full of six-foot bearded Vikings. I don't know why, but they all seem to be like the same person duplicated. And, um, a lot of us white guys are pretty interchangeable, <laughs> Meredith. Let's be real. <laughs> oh, hey, Steve. Me. Oh, I mean, Mike, Chris, are you a uh, David? <laughs> Which one are Sean, you? No, Sean. Sean. Yeah. Luke, I got you. Corey. <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> yeah. But they're, I'll, re, I'll look over and they'll be like, you need to expand your vocabulary because I'll go, can you look? The, I need the thingy. Can you pass the thingy? No, not that thingy. The other thingy. You know the one like that. <laughs> they're like the thing. I'm a thing, and they're just like this one. I don't know. <laughs> that's, uh, that's kind of extra funny because in the Luthery world, a lot you know, there's a lot of specialty tools. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the, the thingy. crowning files. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know the thing. I'm a thing. But usually, Trevor, who's worked with me the longest, he like knows mostly what I'll be looking for while I'm doing something. So he'll just be like, here. 
don't even don't even say it. <laughs> awesome. So, so you've officially launched Coloma Guitars, twenty thirteen. <laughs> twenty thirteen was yep. Okay. The first launch of. So it's twenty twenty two. You're coming back yeah. after a, almost a call it a two year hiatus. Yeah. Um, where you kind of take time away. Coloma Guitars is still going. Yeah, it ran without me. Also, Pacific Wood Lab, Pacific which was Wood a Labs. collaborative. It's it's a luthier cooperative that I own in Vancouver uh, and, with Will McLeod. And you started teaching. Um, yeah. Luthery. So, so when did you start the the school? When did that happen? I started teaching about seven years ago. Seven years ago, and it was one of those things where just you know, I was building guitars, but as I was taking customer orders, I was starting to lose the passion for it. Um, but there's always like, I get probably 50 emails a week of people asking if they can work for me. If something, you know, I'll sweep your floors. I've heard that every single day. Um, just let me learn from you. And I was like, I can't really afford to not build my guitars and explain the whole process to someone. So I was like, okay, there's a lot of passionate people. If they have to pay, then it'll weed a lot of the people that aren't serious about it out. And then through that pool of people, if I'm trying to expand my business, I can hire the people that I think would work best in in my situation. Did they listen? Were they, uh, you know, it didn't matter their skills. It was like, how good with instruction are they? So I, it, I kind of created my own economy in a, in a way of if I'm going to expand my business and I also want to push my, you know, legacy. It's like, there's tons of builders out there that I have helped on their journey. I don't care if they work for me forever, but if I had a little piece in pushing their guitars or teaching them fretwork or how to do setups or how to build an acoustic or an electric, that's more important to me than my guitars a hundred years later still working um so there's a lot of people that were just super passionate about it and i i wanted to help because if you contact a lot of luthiers they'll be like heck no do not do not and i you know how many emails i get um so it's it was more of i share i'm excited about sharing and i love teaching Mm. um so that worked out really well and i kept doing that um as i kind of got tired i started teaching more than I was building. And then I would take on projects that I was actually excited to build. Um, so it was kind of, in a way it was selfish um, because I found my love again. How, yeah, how selfish of you to share your yeah <laughs> skill set and knowledge. I was going to say, no, no. <laughs> um, we're going to take a, a quick pause. Yeah. You want to take that pause now? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, we have to. Cool. Uh, it's about halfway through. So we are going to talk about... Spun loud effects. Yes, we are. Uh, we're getting better at this, aren't we? Uh, no. No? No. Are we I'm cheesier at it? I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, spun loud effects. Uh, first off, thanks, Dan, for sponsoring a few episodes here. Yeah. Uh, so, spun loud effects is based in Seattle. West Seattle. West Seattle, Washington. Yeah, you're never going to forget the West Seattle part because he got cut off from Seattle at one point in time there. Um, and Dan is making some of the coolest 
he primarily focuses on drive pedals. He yeah. has made some other stuff, the limited edition. Uh, the Leon's Railer Phaser. Railer Phaser, yeah. Can't get that we, anymore. Can't get that. We have them. Yeah. I mean. I'm going to lord that over you forever. Folks. I will, man. I will for always. <laughs> There's only 10 in existence, and two of them are shared between <laughs> Al and I. So, sorry. <laughs> um, but what you can get is you can get a blister and peel, or yep. you can get his latest release, the Litigator. Oh, what a great pedal. Great name. Yep. Indeed. Very uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of a name. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really get this reference. You, you've made it twice, but it's like because it's clearly you know the the old joke of like blues, blues lawyers. Oh, okay, that makes oh, way you know, more the, sense. The quote unquote lawyers and dentists. That yeah, can yeah, yeah. All the expensive yeah, yeah. stuff. So he he made a drive pedal catering to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it is a crushing. We were playing that at. Uh, just uh, just before we at, in, at intermission, yeah, <laughs> really great pedal, yeah. dynamic, cleans up well when you lighten up your touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keeps it's really cool. dynamic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, check out Spun Out Effects, uh, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you do your thing. Can't recommend them enough. And uh, we actually own and play these pedals. Indeed. Before Dan was paying us to talk about them. On, yeah. <laughs> on the air. Yeah, no, we, uh, I think between the, we each have the Railer Phaser, which is no longer available, but we all, we have that. We have the Blister and Peel each yep. and a Litigator each. And, and they're fantastic. Just fantastic. I think that's the, uh, very few companies do you and I buy the exact the same, same multiple thing. Yeah, pedals. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's like, yeah. you got the Blister and Peel. And I was like, Damn, that's nice. <laughs> so, yeah. um, anyways, do go and check out Spunlot Effects. Um, Dan is a great guy and builds great pedal effects. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Meredith, we totally did not warn you yeah. that was coming up. But <laughs> oh no, you gotta do what you gotta do, and I love those pedals; they're awesome. Yeah. Oh, excellent! Look at that. Somebody else who's got some excellent taste. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you recently ran a contest. Which I did not win. Yeah. I oh really man, hard. I felt so bad because <laughs> I seriously thought it was going to be you. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I tried so hard. <laughs> Lay- I was actually down for us. She was the one who reached into the fishbowl. <laughs> there were there were two tickets too, and the one that I picked up off the ground was yours. Go <laughs> and <laughs> Alvin. Alvin was the last one. Oh man, when I read the name Alvin, I was like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I guess I, I should explain this, hey? Yep. Yeah. So Meredith and Coloma Guitars ran this contest where oh it was it was almost slightly evil of you, Meredith, you darling person. <laughs> but every person you could it was like unlimited amounts of tags. Every every yep. Instagram account you tagged was an entry. Yeah. Oh man. I spent an hour a night for like a week say, and a you half. You must have spammed your entire <laughs> friends list. I, and I don't normally do that with these contests. I'll put a few names and I'll walk away. Yeah. But I really like that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I've been following you for a while, and I was like, I really want one of these. And now is not the time for me to be buying instruments that I want to keep. What yeah. With, uh, yeah. Homelessness from and, and stuff and. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just not that time in my life right now. Yeah. So you did this and I went freaking bananas. So yeah. did so did your wife. Yeah, yeah your wife went By the way. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just actually scrolling Are the post and it's like oh, oh it's, my god there it's it's endless. It's endless. <laughs> I went so ham on this 
And it got to the point where I was like, I'm actually feeling bad. Like I feel. <laughs> no, no, that was, that's what it was about. You did exactly what we asked. <laughs> anyway, I was, I was like, I don't know what my odds are, but they're they're better than most of the people here. I know that much. I, I'm stoked Alvin won though. He seemed he seemed really jazzed. Oh, but, Alvin's uh, great. <laughs> anyway. I had no idea who he was before that too, and it was like he came to pick it up and he played, and I have never heard those things come out of one of our guitars before. It was amazing. Uh, I got to say that video you posted of him playing the guitar. I was like, I'm kind of glad I didn't win. Cause I wouldn't have done it that. Just. <laughs> I just sat there and played some crappy reggae skank. And, Look what I can do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, it's jaw dropping what that, that dude is capable of. <laughs> um, all that to say, um, the Freya, such yeah. a cool guitar. Yeah. And and like it's it's neat to see you doing something that feels like a flagship standard model. Yeah. Um, which is uh I've never done that before. No, it's a new thing. So it's, I want to know about this. Okay. So basically I do a lot of 3D engineering and rendering for other companies um to take their designs to Asia. And I was talking to a lot of, like I was working for a bunch of these companies and I was drawing all their instruments and doing prototyping for them, etc. And I was like, why am I making other people's instruments? And I was like, okay, well, I got to be out of the shop right now. I can't really be in the dust. So this will be my income while I'm out in semi-retirement. Um, but I was obsessed with these like, three quarter SGs for a while. And then for uh, me, yeah. like sixties mm-hmm. Mustangs, I, you know, vintage Mustangs I'm all about, I've collected them over the years, but you know, as, as salute here, uh, Michael Dunn always says like you're eating chicken one day and feathers the next. Um, so it's your career goes <laughs> up and down. And, uh, so I sold, sold all these instruments and then I'll be like, Oh, I need them. But there's this cheap, like, Fender three quarter SG I found um, randomly. So I think someone gave it to me, and I was fixing it up. And I was like, "This thing is awesome." I'm, I'm and then I'm just a little hung up on the Fender. SG it's a Fender part? SG, yes. What? And I'm, yes, I'm yeah. <laughs> um, look them up. They're super weird. And we got one into Rufus Guitars because we were doing some kind of giveaway last Christmas or something, and someone gave one to us and then we fixed it up and donated it. Um, but I was obsessed. I played it every single day and I was like, oh, I'm so sad this is going. And then I love Mustang. So I've kind of melded the two and working for another company. I won't mention the name. I was like, why don't you do wooden versions? Like really nice wooden versions of these guitars. People love them. They're not, you know, fully painted. Um, and they're like, we just don't have the wood capacity to do that. And they would have to be custom shop and they don't have that kind of thing in the custom shop. So I was like, okay, well, I don't work for you anymore. Let me do my own thing, which I'm melding these two random brands together. <laughs> um, and doing things like I really love deep bevels, um, like 45 degree bevels on instruments. I find mm-hmm. it more comfortable. Also takes off, shaves off a bunch of weight. The big thing for me is like small ergonomic. I I'm like four feet tall. I am so short so when i'm playing instruments i always get neck dive because i'm like one of those nerds who has the the straps all the way up to my chin 
Nothing um, wrong with Morello style, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I rest my chin on the bevel. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought they were cute. I was obsessing about this design and I just kept looking at it. And then um, I was coming back to the shop after being away for two years. And I was like, I think I actually want to make this. And the first prototype went. And then suddenly we were 12 guitars in. And then suddenly we're 24 guitars in. And I was like, okay, this could be a thing. So Rufus, where I do all the repairs and restorations, um, I run their repair center for them. They were like, hey, these guitars are awesome. Can we have them here? And I didn't even think about that. So we got a dealer right away. And then so many people have asked about them. We uh, It was kind of nice after that whole uh, COVID dip for us because at the shop, we had lessons booked for about a year and a half, which was, it's about, you know, six to eight students a month. Oh, so and all of a sudden and, that's gone. Yeah. Yep. People were coming from Dubai, from Ireland, uh, New York, LA, everybody's flying in. It's what people do. They take a vacation. They enjoy beautiful Vancouver. They build something in the process and then they leave with an instrument that they can play and they made. A lot of these people are tech people that don't know how to use machines. So they also, you know, will message us a month later and be like, Hey, I built this bookshelf. It's awesome. So we didn't, we had to cancel a whole year and a half of lessons and my guys needed something to do. Uh, so we started building these and suddenly we had a little production shop and I'm building my own instruments rather than, you know, doing a go to market plan for another company. So it was really neat. Um, I wasn't expecting people to like them. The reason the very first one happened was because my wife was bored during COVID and wanted an instrument to go with her new design of our spare bedroom. <laughs> so she wanted something like pastelli pink. It went with the lush. I don't know. It kind of looks like a jungle in there. <laughs> so having seen the game room that you were in just before we started <laughs> and knowing there's a pastel pink room, are all the rooms in your house like themed in beautiful pastel colors, like with oh, matching lighting? No... Yeah, that's like she she worked for um she was the office manager for a very big um like I don't know interior design firm. I should know this, but I I really don't. I find I'm like oh paint yes walls <laughs> yes I guess like <laughs> in in my in my office I. I'm looking at a wall right now that has half white and half cream wall. I'm not sure. You can tell I got bored painting this room. <laughs> I like it. Well, I, I think the fray is beyond a winning combo. First off, I'm a fanatic for SGs. Um, yeah. And anything with two P90s, especially SGs, is like, oh, yes. So yeah, I love P90s. The vaguely sexy original SG lines you, you have on the fray really grabbed me. And on top of that, you nailed my two favorite guitar colors, which are, you know, Daphne blue and seashell pink, we're yeah. fender terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. just is like, and Casper will tell you, I've I've ranted a lot about those colors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, of course, it was coming from 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 you, which is somebody I've been following for a while and and really yeah. like what you do. So it was just this real, uh, calm, perfect storm of like, yeah, that. There, there was a reason I was on Instagram for an hour every night tagging <laughs> the most obscure of <laughs> people. 
<laughs> hey, I met you once on tour seven years ago. Uh, <laughs> tag. <laughs> they, you know that they just like roll their eyes, and you're like, "Oh, hey, totally." But at least yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure more than a few people unfriended me over that. I don't care. <laughs> it's all. If they good. can't understand. They don't need to be your friend. If if they don't know I'm obsessive about guitars by now, then well, we, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been great. Like people, I I wanted to do something. Like we have our higher end version, which is the semi hollow, and that's that's still I feel well priced for the amount of work that goes into it. But I want to try and get the the road worn Freya model under a thousand dollar. That's that's my goal. Um, just because I. There's no all Canadian made guitar that's a production line um, that's not made in Asia. I know because I design all these things for other people and I send them out of the country. Um, um, not to bring up another brand, know, isn't isn't GoDown doing any any? Uh... Yes, they do. But even I'm talking about making our hardware. Oh, so like okay. Everything. So we make everything now. Um, Wind your these, own pickups and everything. Wind our own pickups, making our own bridges. Um, we even have a, a CNC that will be making our own tuning machines. Wow. Um, okay. Like Spurzel style. So like that's like CNC lathe. <laughs> that's almost an unnecessary level of commitment. Yeah, like yeah. It. Yeah, but we've kind of had to go there because I don't want to be dependent on waiting for parts. Yeah. Um, yeah, like even... Godan will order, you know, like they have like the Fishman pickups in there or they have LR bags making their preamp systems. I love Godan. I've worked with them before. They're great. Um, but it's more like it's that's full factory production line. And we still want like boutique, very mm-hmm. nice guitars, but that have everything built here. So like that's have it really getting. Cool. Yeah, that's. And if we can do that where we're making every single piece for under a thousand dollars. I'll be happy. But right now we're still around like the 1295, 1199 range, which I still think makes it a little bit more unattainable for some people. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, there, there, there's never, you're not going to find a price range that isn't unattainable to someone. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. Like it's we'll never really... be making $200 guitars, but I do want my guitars in the hands of people that wouldn't necessarily go and get a custom instrument made and be able to shake my hand and yeah. take the guitar, you well, know? I, honestly, at $1,100, $1, and we're talking Canadian here, too, which is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, just $7 US. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> um, that's really, really friendly pricing. Yeah. Yeah. We And that's the thing is I, I was shocked at how many people got them when we were just like, you know, I snapped a picture... And sent it to a couple of people. And like, how much is this? Like two grand. I'm like, no, eleven ninety nine. And suddenly they were all gone. Like we were making one, and it was gone. So then we did a run of ten. We did a run of twelve. And I love that people who have been wanting my instruments for so long have their hands on something. That's something that before, like I was making Not all collectors of us. acoustics. <laughs> <laughs> most, most. <laughs> As Al begins to sob but, uncontrollably. His tears. His tears. Well we'll get we'll get you one eventually. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it's nice to me. Like we're we're going all out. Also, 
probably unnecessary for making the tuners, but all my guys in the shop were like survivalists and I... we're prepared. <laughs> we're prepared for the, uh, they're Vikings. <laughs> they must. <laughs> I, I know. I, 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 please, uh, I, I hope that didn't come off wrong when I said that. Um, <laughs> It, it, like it is one of those it is something that's like that's probably a necessary an unnecessary step but i still love it i still really think that's rad and honestly yeah. so uh let me maybe back this up when pv made the t60 mm-hmm. and revolutionized everybody's all of a sudden going oh i need a cnc machine in our factory now yeah um they didn't have to make their own tuners you know, no. there was well-established huge tuner brands out there. They could have bought them on mass and mm-hmm. had them at a great price and all that jazz. But they made their own tuners because that was kind of how PV was back in the day. I, I don't want to talk about what PV is now. <laughs> 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 but uh, at that time, I, I they were they were going to make every part of that guitar, and they did. They, they yeah. cast those bridges. They made their own knobs, which are expensive to find on eBay now because I'm looking for one. And <laughs> they made their tuners. And they, like, every part of that guitar was made in-house and designed in-house. And now we we look back on them, and, and they didn't get their credit in their day at all. Yeah, yeah. Because PV, that's just not what their brand was. Yeah. Um, and now these things are just really highly collected and sought after and stuff because of what great things they are i don't think you're going to have that problem because your your brand is really well respected people who know you love you um but i love that ethos of let's make the whole darn thing right here Uh, it's more of like we're kind of countering this like you know we we put in an order for seymour duncan pickups we're getting told that that's 11 months so it's out of necessity yeah yeah and that's like we're we purchase bulk because we have all these guitars going out the door um but for for me i'm like okay no this doesn't make sense anymore when that money i could invest in this winder i can pay a young kid who's really ecstatic about guitars to sit there on the on the winder and coil and teach them that electronics are cool and you know like Mm -hmm. as someone who did poorly in school and poorly in math i do math every day (laughs) so you know it's like how can i get my community in how can i teach people how can we keep manufacturing here like there's like we're not gonna make our own metal we can't (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know but but it's it's all these components where it's not impossible to make tuners. There's very high end tuners that people make on a lathe in Italy. And I could purchase for acoustic guitars for, you know, a thousand dollars a set and they're gorgeous and beautiful, but I, I'd like to, um, I'd like to keep the manufacturing process of all those things here. I, I think that's awesome. You know, we were, um, I was on the phone last night with, Trevor Woodland from Vigilant Guitars. Uh, yeah. Uh, He's from Victoria. Across the water from That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Real close. Um, and he and I were talking about, you know, some of these these brands. That, and I don't want to name any, uh, anyone in particular. Um, but there's a lot of brands these days that are based on designing here, importing from Korea or China or mm-hmm. Indonesia, the, the big manufacturing hubs yeah. overseas. And yeah. that's their whole brand. Uh, um, you know, the obvious ones are like Eastwood, Pure Salem, 
there's there's some of the that's what that's what their thing is and they're making a great goal yeah. and, and that's there's nothing wrong with that that's their way yeah. um but trevor and i were talking and, and i postulated a, a theory and i'm curious as to whether it'll pan out but i i have a feeling with all of the brands popping up like um uh harley benton mm-hmm. um donner glary glary all these kinds of brands if uh what what i think is that these huge manufacturing hubs are looking to do two things they're looking to take contracts from massive companies like squire yeah and build those and then they're looking to become the people making all the other brands they don't yep. want to take you know joe's guitar brand and make 10,000 units to them that's nothing yeah yeah. So why would they want to manufacture things for Joe when they could just manufacture them themselves and tweak the design a little bit so it's original and sell it all and then Joe's out of business? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I wonder if that's going to start happening a lot more soon if if it's not already well underway. Um, and some of these companies are going to unfortunately struggle and or go under, which I don't wish on anyone. Yeah. Um, but I, I think what you're doing doing everything in-house with the Freya mm-hmm. and, and headed in that direction, bringing that manufacturing back internally, which is not, like you said, uh, most companies don't do that anymore. Most most boutique guitar brands are using Lawlers or Seymour Duncans or something like that. And again, not judging, right. not saying it's wrong or right. Yeah. Yeah, um, Lawlers are great. Lawlers are yeah, great. Yeah, you know, I... I there, we, there are so many, we, we love, I mean, <laughs> we talk to pickup makers here on the show. Yeah. We want to support them. Yeah. Um, oh, but there is something uh, to be said for bringing your manufacturing in-house, bringing it home. Mm-hmm. Um, and the technology is so good now. You know, it's like, why would I invest in this other business who I can't depend on time-wise with the world logistics show right now? Yeah. Um, so it's like, if we can get enough, we invest in a machine. Um, like, we've we've built CNC's and then with that CNC, we've made another CNC, you know? So it's like these things, like it's impressive what we can do now with the technology that's available. Um, which is why I like the fact that boutique places are thriving now. Um, sorry, Casper's trying to tell me something discreetly and I'm not picking up on it. Um, just realize that the iPad that we're talking on is at six percent battery. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, we can close I'm, it up. I'm gonna just gonna do a real quick thing. <laughs> if this will let me. All good. Well, you know what? What what time is it there, Casper? Where are we at? Uh, hour and ten. Eight. Hour and ten. Yeah. So we're, we're almost wrapped up anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll keep watching it. Okay. Um, couple more things, and then we'll yeah we'll call her good because we usually we we cut out around this time no matter what. So all good. So, I just have a, a point to make. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, so it's actually your fault. My fault? You didn't win the Freya. (laughs) Now listen, listen, hear me out. Because out of all of the obscure tags that you sent out. Sure. None of them were me. I swore I tagged you. No, man. I just, I just scoured through my Instagram and all the tags and you did not. That one more tag? Not one. That would have been, that That would have stopped me from my piece of paper dropping on the floor. (laughs) That would have been it. <laughs> it's okay. You know Alvin what? needed a it guitar would, too, man. You're right, but it wouldn't even. It, you didn't even give me the opportunity to do what you did. I, you're usually the first person I tag uh, in something like that. I I don't know how I didn't. I'm sorry. Yep. 
cut me deep, man. Like, <laughs> just, just shank me right. <laughs> Wait, didn't you enter that contest anyway? No. Oh, well, I, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. All good. <clears throat> so, just, sorry, Casper. You shanked me, dude. I just really wanted Alvin to win. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to point that out. It was your fault. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> Listen, Casper, mm. I will make it up to you, okay? I don't believe you. I'll enter you in another contest. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'll get an email notification from OnlyFans or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, your birthday. When is your birthday? June. Never mind. <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> that was such a sidetrack, you you doofus. Nope. The same. Your fault. <laughs> I stand be- I stand behind my statement. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I want to bring up something because I think it's it's beautiful. It it is so community orientated. Uh and then then we'll wrap it up here. Um yeah. but you're working on uh, something that is so akin to a project I can't talk about on air yet. But Casper <laughs> and I are working on for next year. Um you're working on doing a community Freya? Yes. And sending yes. it around and, and getting different people to play it and, and, and record themselves playing it and stuff. Um, Casper, get a beep ready, buddy. Okay. Um, <laughs> I fucking beep. love that. Uh, I So much. <laughs> it's so, that's so cool. It's such a way to like, I mean, the whole point of this podcast is, as we say, to, to bring the community closer together one episode at a time. I just, that to me is just such a perfect idea, what you're doing. It's amazing. Well, it's a way that people that don't have access to an instrument will be able to, to get one, a handmade instrument at that too. So I, I just love like, you know, the phrase super helped us through COVID. So I want to thank people that were on that journey with us, but not able to get one. So I think passing one around, uh, as soon as we can figure out how to uh, embed this air tag in it, <laughs> That's an um, awesome idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have to manufacture it into like a sandwich. Uh, so, but it doesn't always read, especially when the electronics are on. So we'll figure, we'll figure it out. But um, yeah, I think that sending it around and kind of having that community attachment to it would be great too. I might recommend so. talking to the people at the acoustic guitar project. Yep. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. That's, Cause that's cool. what they do. They do something pretty uh, kind of similar with songwriting based. It's not about the guitar so much as songwriting, but yeah. uh, the guitar always makes it back home. So okay. they've, they've got a good system in place, which I know a little bit about, but they could probably explain it better. Yeah. I think it's a, yeah, it's sure. a really solid series of, uh, um, curators. They, yeah. There's like people the, in different regions, in different regions. And the curator yeah. kind of takes responsibility for the, for the acts. Yeah. Um, Sweet. so that being said, before we lose battery power, we are now at 5%. <laughs> um, where do people best find you? They can find me on Instagram at Coloma guitars. Uh, I pop up on the Rufus guitar shop page quite a bit and at Pacific Wood Lab on Instagram as well. I don't really do Facebook. Um, I just don't use it. Instagram is the place to go. There you go. So Instagram, you have a nice website. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I would encourage folks to follow you on Instagram and to check out your website and stuff. Uh, I can't say enough yeah. great things about you. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, well, what can I say? Oh, I loves you. <laughs> um, and 
just thank you so much for sparing your time and, and, and joining us on the show. Well, no, you guys are so kind for inviting me. I, I appreciate it. I follow you guys and I think I just added Casper today. So that's my bad. I no, no, that. my but bad. I don't, it's Instagram been a lot good. of fun. <laughs> I, I guess Eric Merrow was going to get me a shirt that says I don't Instagram good. <laughs> that's a good shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Right on. Well, listeners, um, thanks for joining us for another episode, and uh, we will see you next week. Next week's going to be a pretty special episode, so uh, please come back for it. It'll be 100. It'll be a special one. Yeah. Got some stuff happening. Cool. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.